Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. episode here of setting the pace i am your host alex golden and before we jump into today's show i want to let you guys know that we are going to be having andrew nimhard on today's show doing a one-on-one interview with mike Focci. i was unable to make this interview but really awesome opportunity for us to get andrew on the show and we are so excited for andrew and what he's doing this year for the pacers as a rookie really has been a great surprise i mean he has really stepped up and played well for this team and he'll be representing the pacers at All-Star Weekend at the Rising Stars game. So make sure you guys uh, tune into that, but you're going to love our conversation with Andrew. But I wanted to go ahead and give everybody a quick update on Chris Duarte. In case you were unaware, he did not play in Sunday's game against the Cavaliers with a sore ankle injury. Rick Carlisle was asked this question by Scott Agnes at the Fieldhouse Files after the game just to kind of get an update on him. And basically, Carlisle said, We're hoping this is more of a day-to-day thing. We don't think it's a serious thing, but he just has some soreness there, and he learned that he was not going to play on on Sunday. So I don't think that had any factor in what happened on Friday night with Chris Duarte getting his first ever DNP coach's decision. But there's a lot of interest now um, in terms of what the Pacers could do with Chris Duarte. So that is something to monitor. I think Matt Moore of of the Action Network had a, uh, a tweet out today that basically said, the Denver Nuggets have interest in Chris Duarte. So there's going to be teams that are interested in the in the 24, 25-year-old uh, second-year player out of Oregon. He's a lights-out shooter that plays good defense. So, you know, he's uh, not had a great opportunity here with so many players playing the same position. But I think that a change of scenery could be good for him. I think he could fit in here if he wasn't traded. Just depends on how they figure out that log jam at that position. But we saw how well he played with Sabonis. I think Jokic... Very similar to how Sabonis plays in terms of being that heliocentric type of center. I do believe that Duarte could benefit from playing with someone like that. So the Nuggets would be an interesting team. Now, I have no idea what the Nuggets would be wanting to trade uh, trade for, for Duarte, but that to me would be interesting. But overall here, I wanted to talk also, before we bring on Andrew Nimhart and Fachi about the NBA standings. And, and this is where it's really interesting because a lot of fans that I've seen on Twitter are team tank and then the other half it feels like our team get to the playoffs so i have good news for everybody there's a there's a chance that both could happen and the pacers still end up with the top 10 pick because 
Looking at the Western Conference, the Lakers are in the 13th spot at a 25 and 29 record. The Pacers currently have a 25 and 30 record at the 10th spot. So what that means is the Lakers have a better record. 13 teams in the Western Conference have a better record than the Pacers. And nine teams in the Eastern Conference have a better record than the Pacers. So that means 22 teams have a better record than the Pacers, which means that the Pacers would be in the top eight of the draft lottery, even if they made the play-in tournament. So if they made the playoffs, then they would fall down to 15, more than likely. But this is a good opportunity for the Pacers to just continue to kind of tread lightly here. You don't have to full-on tank. We saw last year in, in the mock lottery that happened, the Spurs jumped from 9-1, to one, and the Pacers actually jumped from 5-2 uh, to two in the mock lottery. That was a simulator. Scott Agnes had reported that on the Fieldhouse Files as well. And when the real thing happened, we know that San Antonio stayed the same and actually Indiana fell back one. But it just goes to show you that there's the odds being so evened out now, there is a good opportunity for the Pacers to jump. If for some reason they get some playing experience and then don't make the playoffs, they could still have a top 10 pick. So it could be the best of both worlds. And, you know, I'm keeping an eye because Toronto Raptors have the same record as the Indiana Pacers right now. And they're in the 11th spot. The Washington Wizards have a very similar record. They're 24 and 29, but because we've played more games, we have the better record. So the Pacers could even fall in the top six. That That's that's where this really gets interesting. So whatever side you're looking at, I think it's just, it's so like jumbled up right now. Who knows what's going to happen? And with the trade deadline just a few days away, we already saw one team in Dallas trying to make a win now move in the Western Conference. And, you know, Brooklyn, they're still trying to improve their roster too. So there's a lot of teams that, feel like they have a good opportunity to make it make a make a push here. The Lakers, they're only two games back of the 10 seed. And Golden State, currently at the eight seed, is going to be without Steph Curry for a significant time. So there are going to be teams that are desperately trying to win games. And I think this is good for the Pacers. Now, the other thing to keep an eye on, the Houston Rockets. Now the Pacers get their pick if they finish with the worst record or the second worst record in the NBA. Currently, they have the worst record overall but not by much. San Antonio is only a game behind them for the worst record. And I believe Detroit is right there with them as well. Detroit's 14 and 40. They're, the Rockets are 13 and 40. So they only have a half game lead over the Detroit Pistons for the worst record in the NBA. So we want to make sure that Houston continues to lose games so we can get that second round pick as well. So just some things to monitor, but um, I'm going to go ahead and get out of the way. I want to thank you all so much for your support. Uh, throughout the last year and even this beginning of January, we had a really great month of January. So thank you everybody for your support. But now we're going to take a quick break and we're going to bring on guard Andrew Nimhart for the Indiana Pacers with a one-on-one -on -one conversation with your boy, Michael J. Faji. All right, everybody, we are welcoming back a special guest. He is a reoccurring guest. He is the steal of the 2022 NBA draft. None other than our very own Indiana Pacers starting guard, Andrew Nemhart. Andrew, what's going on? Hey, man. Excited to be back. Appreciate you guys having me. What's up? You know, we had to have you back on. And what I love about this conversation compared to when you came back on in August, totally different conversation because so much has happened in your life, and especially as it relates to on the court. So might as well start from the beginning. Look, game one of the season – did not play coach's decision. I mean, Pacer fans were bummed out. Like, where's Andrew? We want to see him out there. Very next game against San Antonio, you log 30 minutes, you score 14 points, and you never look back. What did that first regular season action mean to you? 
Man, that was exciting. I'm not gonna lie. I had had the nerves, you know, just the excitement to play the game. But um, man, you know, that's that's the part about the league that's so like so different. You got a different role, different night. I went from DMP to I think I played the most game, most minutes in the second you game. Did. And then, you know, just next few games different and different. So um just just a good adjustment period. It was fun just to be out there. Um and just and just learn. You know, this 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 year has been a learning experience for me. I just try to um, stay in the moment and get the game game reps that will that will lead to my development. And when we're talking about that, I mean, just a different role type of situation. I mean, a few weeks later against the, Pel- the Pelicans, you cracked the starting lineup. You've now started 37 of your 48 appearances. It's been, or I would say, I guess from my standpoint, like a roller coaster type vibe of second round pick to starter to, you know, steal the draft. Like I mentioned, I mean, how do you put that all into words as to just I guess you got to roll with the punches, or how, how would you describe it? Yeah, man, I think just the biggest thing about being in the league is you got to stay ready at all times. Whatever that role will be, you got to just come in and bring your own confidence and just and just hoop, you know, and understand you got to do certain things to help the team win. So um, that was about my my mindset from the beginning, and it's kind of kind of as a second round pick going in, you feel like you really don't have much to lose when you're on the court. You just got to go out there, and then everything's a plus. So. That was definitely my mindset at first, and I think it, it helped me just be confident out there and hoop free, free, free mind. Yeah, of not knowing necessarily what to you know expect. I mean, you've you've drawn some tough defensive matchups, night in, night out. Was there like a welcome to the NBA moment for you? Because for me, it was like game four of the season. I'm watching you guard James Harden, and I'm like, all right, it's on from here on out. It ain't gonna get easier than this. Like it, this, yeah. it's tough. Yeah, man. I think like my welcome to the NBA moment was just like the like a month, the first month span. I think I went like I had a couple of games where I guarded like James Harden, Brad Beal, Kawhi. Like it was just like Braun, like Steph, you know. So it was just like, yo, these guys are top of the top, and I'm getting, I'm, I'm gonna sign that matchup, and that was just like a one of those things. Like every night's not like a every night's a night in the league. There's no days off, you know. So that's something you gotta adjust to. Yeah, and when you're talking about drawing these matchups, look, it's not just like you're happy to be out there. There's a you've won your fair share of matchups and also produced on the offensive end. So I got to give you your flowers for that. But look, you know, we talked about when you came on in August, Pacer Nation, you know, we knew all about you. We loved you from draft night to summer league to preseason and so on. But Andrew, in my opinion, November 28th, you introduced yourself to the world when you hit that game-winning three-pointer in front of an outstretched LeBron James. I mean, the entire Pacers team mobs you, including Kevin Pritchard, which I thought was the best part of it all outside of the shot, of course. I mean, what exactly did that moment mean to you, and was it everything that you dreamed of when you're, you know, shooting in your own driveway growing up? Yeah, man, exactly what you're saying. Shooting your own driveway, you do the own countdown in your head Three, or whatever. two, one. We've all been there. <laughs> Thanks. You know, it's just like that that moment for me, I was just so locked in. Like the 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 shot, I didn't even realize the game went until it really happened. Like it was just like a it was just like a crazy moment for sure. Just like came all at once and it was just, you know, exciting to see like all the work you put in um come to fruition. So what was tougher? That cross court pass from Tyrese Halliburton or you getting that shot off ridiculously quick? I'd probably say the pass, man. The pass is crazy. Pass. It pass really was. That's man, like especially with the have the mind frame to just still think there's a little bit of time and get it out. Like 
big time pass. That's what I was going to say. The vision and the IQ that Halliburton's bringing to the table, you just can't teach that. Because in that moment, I don't even know how someone could even think that quickly. But he was able to think, make the pass, get it. I don't think there was 0.1 of a second to spare, to be honest. It was it was that tight of a window. So awesome shot, awesome pass. Um, Man. But one thing that I, I think is funny, and me and my co-host, we go back and forth about this, is like the ongoing joke is like every time Coach Carlisle mentions you, it feels like he's just like gushing, saying like when they do a redraft of the 2022 class, Andrew's going to be a top 20 selection. Then it turns to Andrew's going to be a top 10 selection. I'm just waiting for him to just say when they redraft this class, you and Math Runner are going top two. But like yeah. in all in all seriousness, what does it mean to have the support of Coach Carlisle? And what has that relationship been like? Yeah, man, that's, that's that's been a big thing for me. You know, the, the whole coaching staff, um, along with Coach Carlisle, just giving me a lot of confidence, giving me a lot of leeway to, to grow and then and find myself and 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 get better through experience. So, um, I've I've just been I've just been grateful for them to kind of put me in this position, allow me to grow. And I think, like in hindsight, getting drafted to the pages was was the best thing that could have happened to me. Man, and a lot of people do say a lot of it is, is situational based, but I, I really do think that you would have excelled with plenty of other teams, but I'm very happy to have you on our side. So, and, and plus, it helps having a Hall of Fame caliber championship winning coach on your side. I mean, I got to be right about that, right? 100%. 100%. He knows what he's doing. He has experience, all types of players, all types of situations. Um He's a big reason why we why we've done so well this season, why we why we've exceeded people's expectations. Like the whole coaching staff has says put us in the right in the right mind frame and, and, and put us in the right stuff offensively, defensively to get us to this point. When you talk about exceeding expectations, I mean, what was like the mentality like in the locker room when you guys were predicted to win 22, 23 games, which you've already surpassed. I mean, did you guys use it as a little bit of bulletin board material or was it just like, man, forget about all that? For sure, for sure. I think we always talk about like we want to be the hunters, and we're we're the hunters. Like in our position at the end of the season, we're probably ranked preseason bottom bottom three, four team in the league. So we have nothing to lose at this point. We just got to go out, play hard, play together, um, enjoy each other, and, and, and give ourselves a chance. And um, that's what we, we we still try to do. Just keep being the hunters. I mean, people went from talking about Wembenyama to playoffs. It happened that quickly, but I mean, that's how exciting and. You know, I don't want to say a surprise, but people, they were just sleeping on the Pacers this year. And I know it's been a little bit of a, a tale of two seasons. You know, at one point, Pacers looking really, really good. Obviously, Halliburton goes down, you know, rough patch. And I, I think right now, you guys have looked much better the last few games. I've enjoyed it. But just talking about the season overall, I mean, the Pacers have played 55 games so far. And, you know, where are you at both physically and mentally compared to last season in college, which is typically 32 games plus March Madness? Mm-hmm. Honestly, physically, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. My body's feeling good. Um, and then we got we got also break coming up, so that would give us a good little break to kind of keep keep rejuvenating our bodies. But um, I think mentally, like the tough part is just the quickness of next game, next scout, um, and understand you got to be locked in every single night. There's no like days off. You got to every game counts at the end of the day, and um, that's 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 an adjustment period for anybody coming from 25, 30, 30, 25 to thirty five games to now, where you almost played two seasons now. Um, so definitely an adjustment period. I think I'm I'm understanding how to deal with it and just going with the with the flow of learning. 
it's crazy because you're talking about already playing two seasons. Technically, I guess you got another season to go before this mm-hmm. one's over, uh, before you reach 82 games. But you talked about, you know, getting rejuvenated during All-Star break. Well, you ain't going to get that much rest because you got recognized, and very deservingly so, you and Benedict Matherin heading to the Rising Stars game. I I mean, the, the thing that I really want to point out to you is outside of you and Walker Kessler, no one was selected uh, outside of the teens in the draft for this game. So that mm-hmm. is quite the accomplishment. What does that mean for you to be able to represent the Pacers alongside Matherin at that game? Man, it's exciting. It's obviously super exciting. Like growing up playing rookie sophomore game on 2K or something, like this is just like a a thing you want to do when you're younger. And and obviously it's not the end goal at all by by no by no stretch, but it's just it's nice to get recognized for for, for what you've been doing so far. And um it's gonna be a good weekend for for um, for me and Ben to just enjoy it and and, and um celebrate kind of our success so far and the Pacers. I think this is the perfect like pre-step for you to really be able to get that taste of what it's like All-Star Weekend, especially next year when we're back in Indiana for the game. But, mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is just something where, you know, you talked about it's not the end game. Well, I would like to see, like, what is a goal or two of yours? Because when we had Tyrese Halliburton on in the summer, this man was like a prophet. He was like, all right, my goals, I want to average 20 and 10. I want to be an All-Star. Next thing you know, he's averaging 20 and 10. He's an All-Star. Mm-hmm. Long term, I mean, what what are we thinking? What's uh, a goal or two of yours in the league? Man, I I, I don't like to set too many like exact goals on myself, exactly because I just want to keep growing, keep getting better, and see where I taste myself. But I, I want to be a, a long time starter in this league, someone who competes for championships, um, is a big part of teams on championships. I want to be a, a big time two way player. Um, and I want to continue to be like I want. I want to grow to be a big time shot maker for sure. Hey, I think you're already on your way to that. You're already doing a lot of what you described, and it's been it's been a blast to watch. A guy that we just mentioned, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, coming into the year, we wondered, man, I want to see these two together. Didn't know it would necessarily be in the starting lineup as soon as it was, but how has it been playing alongside Tyrese in the starting lineup? And how insane is it that some people thought this man wasn't an all-star this year? Yeah, um, it's been obviously super exciting for me to play in the starting lineup. I thought, I personally thought I could play on on and off ball coming out of college, and I played a lot more than people thought um, growing up. And um, that was kind of a knock on me, just going to be a backup point guard for the rest of his like, career and stuff like that. So that's been exciting to just play off of others and, um, and, and get that opportunity and then, People saying Tyree's not an all-star. I mean, you could just see see his impact for our team and, and how much he, he brings to the table and leads the league in assists. Um he's 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 only twenty twenty two still. Like he's 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 a he's a he's a young prospect still and he's he's gonna keep getting better. So people that think he's not an all-star I just I don't think they're really watching the hoops like that. I love the fact that he he's played into embracing how wrong Wally Zerbiak was. He's got the Twitter picture going right now, Wally's face. I mean, look, Pacer Nation, we're, we're, we're fueled off of that, of being like, you're not just going to disrespect one of our own like that. So we got Tyrese's back. You know, we always got your back. Anyone on the team, I mean, we're, we're just thrilled for you guys. Want to see you guys stay together and develop. And speaking of that, Miles Turner, the veteran on this Pacer team, the longest tenured Pacer, 
Uh, re-ups, I mean, Pacer fans did not know. Was he staying? Were they going to be able to come to an agreement or not? He's always been in trade rumors. How much did it mean for Turner and this locker room to be able to keep him together for at least two additional years after this one? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's huge. You can see um, what he's done for the team this year. And, and I didn't get to watch him as much the years past, but I think it's it's um, it's consensus that he's he's taking a jump and he's 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 really made an impact um, on our team. Just 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 even in the locker room off the court, he's a, he's a good, mature um, locker room presence. Understands how to kind of help young guys, and um, he's done a lot for us like, on the basketball court. He's he's blocking shots. He can shoot the three. He's like a he's like a he's like a modern day big man. And I think our offense really. Um, flourishes with him on the on the floor. So, I mean, he, he's he's still young too. He's only twenty six. So, three years in the league, only twenty six. You got a lot more um, ahead of him. So, super exciting to get him back and, and have him for a few more years. I'm really excited to see him with this team long term because we knew coming into this year that the team was really young. So it's like they need time together rather than having that what if or what if we had kept this team together long term, like. Let's let's let you guys continue to develop together, fight through, you know, the losses uh, and celebrate the wins. But talking about some of the losses, look, no team's ever going to go undefeated. It's never happened. It never will. But the Pacers have had a couple couple tough ones that have slipped away. What's it like in the locker room following a tough loss or maybe you guys know that you should have won? Is it a quick rebound or does it, you know, does it sting a little bit? Yeah, I think um I think we've been doing a great job of just like talking about what you just said, like quick rebound. I think there's so many games in the league where you get stuck on one, it's just it's gonna trickle into to a few games or, or a streak. And I think um we've done a good job of just staying together, um, understanding that it's gonna be this is a team effort. It's not a one person show or anything like that. So um we gotta stay together. We gotta play hard. We're young. So we're not gonna just outshot make some guys some some nights. So you know we gotta we got to play team basketball. I think we understand that. And we, we we come together after wins, and we got good bets that um that bring us together um, in times like that. Hey, could you speak on, on some of that right now? Because I know, like, James Johnson has been, like, that vet that's gotten, uh you know, a lot of credit, and I think that's awesome. We don't see James on the court as much, but we're hearing his impact off the court. It has been huge for this team. I mean, who's been some of maybe the vets that you've been able to lean on this year? I agree. I think James Johnson is huge. I think he he brings a certain energy, a certain vibe to 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 the to the facility, to the organization that just makes makes hooping enjoyable. And he and he and he's 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 intelligent with the game. He understands what we need to do. Um, understands how to how to bring people's confidence up, and, and just just a team guy. Understands winning, played for many winning programs throughout his throughout his years. So he he gets it. And I think like other guys like. Buddy's a guy who brings a lot of energy on a consistent basis and super competitive, and I think that that um that kind of pushes throughout the team. TJ McConnell is a elite elite leader and, and understands the game a lot, and and super selfless. You know, he's always trying to look to get others involved, look to big up other people. So those those are three guys that kind of stick to me. I mean, obviously Miles is huge, being here for so long. Um, and just just being a mature sense in the locker room. Daniel Tice too is also also a good vet for us. Yeah, I'm happy to see Tice out there. I mean, missed uh, the first 50 plus games of the season. Now he's out there setting some nice screens, seeing him hitting some threes out there. It, it's it's been nice to see. Mm-hmm. But Buddy Hill, somebody mentioned it. 
But he leads the NBA in threes made this year. Leads the NBA in threes made over the last five years. Does it sound weird to say that I still think this man is a criminally underrated three-point shooter in this league? I don't think that he gets that respect that he should. Am I wrong, or does Buddy feel that as well? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like he gets respected a lot. Yeah, I, I, I hope lot. he does. And I, and I'm, I don't think any scout report has him not. Like, they better get him off the line, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what I said. But what I'm really looking for, and I know he's won it before, but Buddy participating in a three-point contest, I really want to see him take this one home again. I know Steph Curry won't be participating due to the recent injury, but I still feel like Buddy's got to be one of the favorites in there. And I'm just looking forward to seeing him take that title because he's he. I don't believe he's led the league in threes outright, always consistently been like a number two. Maybe he has once or twice, but mm-hmm. this is the year I feel that he's going to lead the league in threes made outright. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think, like, I think the three-point cons would be really cool for him to win, man. He, he does, like, a lot of shooting. Like, we do, like, a shooting draft for practice every day. He's making, like, 24, 25, 23, 25. So, like, I would love to see him win that contest, get his respect, you know, and, and definitely win that, win that outright award this year. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And I also love that rivalry he's got going on with Tyrese Halliburton as it relates to dunking. I mean, two of the guys that you're not going to think are like the, the premier dunkers, but they both threw it down against the Kings. I mean, did they have anything to say about that? Because those were two two real good dunks. Yeah, man. We just got two guys that don't really got a lot of balance, you know, talking about dunks. Yeah. So. <laughs> I let them I let them talk about their dunks. It's funny. They're probably they're probably neck and neck closer than they think. It's really close. <laughs> but, look, you know, we knew this Pacers team, they could score. We knew they were young. Now, we knew we could sneak up on a team on a nightly basis, and we have. We've had some big wins this year. But what's, like, the next step if we're going to be consistently competing with the elite of the NBA? I think it's um everybody needs to continue to take steps, take steps to develop and get better. And um, I think that's, that's clear with the young team, and I think, those steps are bigger with young teams too. I think like this summer, I want to take my games to the next level. I know Ben does. I know Ty wants to. I mean, like all of our guys are going to try to take steps, keep getting better. Um, and I think um, with with time and, and cohesion and, and playing together longer and, and understanding, like getting that game experience of of winning big games and winning tight ones and and seeing how we do it. Um, I think that will that will allow us to grow. So I think. I think that along with whatever whatever the front office has um, in terms of making making the team whatever they want to make it. Mm-hmm. Now, year one to year two, always expected to be the biggest jump for, for a player. Is there something uh, in specific that maybe you want to add to your game? I don't know, anything across the board. Maybe it's an extra move getting, I don't know, you tell me. Yeah, I think I want to just overall take my games to the next level in terms of shot making, um, in terms of just letting the game slow down, watching the film, understanding where I can pick my spots better, where I could um, be most effective, um, and and I think I think I think I'm going to do that this summer for sure. I'm looking forward to that. I, I think this is going to be a huge off season for you. I mean, coming off of what was probably your biggest off season because everybody heard you know the work that you were putting in uh, in, in some of those uh, you know the NBA draft workouts. So that went a long way, and it, it has paid off thus far. But uh, before we end, I want to hit you with a little bit of rapid fire. Now, this is going to be the first thought that comes to mind. 
Now, I know we did this last time, a little bit of different questions. Those are more uh, off the court. This is going to be kind of like on the court type questions. So here's what we got. Um, player that you have learned the most from this year? Um, Tyrese Halliburton. Toughest defensive matchup for you this season? Um, Brad Beal. Oh, okay, okay. Highlight of your rookie year thus far? Highlight of rookie year, probably a shot of the game winning shot. I never had a I never had a buzzer be like that. Gotta be the shot. Um, now teammate that you're closest with? Um, Ben Ackerman. And best purchase that you made when you inked your rookie contract? Best purchase was man, uh, my car. Car, okay, all right. And what 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 type of car are you you driving these days? I'm driving a Machi. Uh, it's like a Mustang electric car. Nice. Hey, all right, all right. Cool, cool little ride. That, that's nice. I'm gonna have to pull up a picture of that afterwards. But hey, it sounds pretty good to me. Um, hey, Andrew, I really appreciate the time today. It's been awesome having you back on. I cannot wait to see you know what the rest of the season has in store for the Pacers as well as you and. You were absolutely deserving of all of the credit coming your way. You have put in the work. You have shocked any doubters that you had. I mean, they, these guys, they were sleeping on you. You woke them up. So as we, uh, you know, sign off, tell everybody where they could find you at social media. And, uh, you know, where you at? Man, I appreciate you a lot for having me on. You guys can find me at, um, at Andrew Nemhard on uh, Twitter and at Andrew.Nemhard on Instagram. Appreciate it. Hey, Andrew, hope to have you back on in the future and good luck for the rest of the season. All right, everybody, welcome back. Andrew Nemohard. Man, I mean, how could you not root for that guy? I, I just feel like you can't even say a bad thing about him. This man worked hard both sides of the ball, yet he's humble. It, it's just this is the guy that you want on your team. If you could have 15 Andrew Nemhards, I, I'd say you're doing pretty good. But regardless, I can't wait to see what's next for him because he already talked about wanting to improve from, you know, in between year one to year two. Year one ain't even over yet. This this man, I, I truly think the best basketball is ahead of him, and I cannot wait to see it firsthand on our very own Indiana Pacers. So, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you are looking to follow us on social media, you can find us at on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast. And at the end of the day, if you are excited to see Buddy Heald in the three-point contest. Tyrese Halliburton in the All-Star game. Benedict Matherin and Andrew Nemhard in the Rising Stars game. And hit me with these three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.